Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Good morning, everybody. It's nice to have some family in the building. All these beautiful faces. Uh, thankful for anything yesterday. Anybody here thankful for something? Hey, I guess it was a long time coming, though. Hey. Hey. Thank God for grace and unity in him. What else? Yesterday, anybody thankful? Prayer? That was cool. Keeping us... For what? Grill Street? Groceries. Oh, yeah. Amen. I thought you said Grill Street. Is that like a... Yeah, groceries. Amen. Come on now. Grill Street. <laughs> I don't know what that is, though. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, what, what's that? Aw, children. Did you hang out with them yesterday? Okay, cool. Anybody yesterday? Give me one more. Sleep? Fellowship. You fellowshiped yesterday? Oh, that's cool. What about today? What are you thankful for today? Church. Church. Ooh, come on. Your wife? Come on, dude. (laughs) Now we all like, everyone's like, you didn't say it. Come on. Date night just got harder for everybody. What's that? Someone in the corner, what? New joy. Okay. Come on. One more. Expecting. Expecting? Whoa. Gratitude. All right. In the spirit of being thankful, let's open up in prayer and thank God with the password. God, we thank you that we enter in with the password, simple words of thank you. That you would find us at our worst and give us your best. I pray today is a home environment that we can sit back and take in what you want to speak to us today. Holy Spirit, make room in our heart, in our mind to customize this time we have that you've carved out. There would be a fresh wave of mercy where we hurt, where we're struggling, that you would meet it with courage and confidence. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So I don't know if we'll get to hang out at my house ever, but if we did, I don't have a fireplace and I don't have rocking chairs. But this sets the stage a little bit for a verse out of John chapter 14. Jesus says, in my father's house, verse 2, are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again And will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. So today is a house message. And to not only understand what is the house of God, but then to have a heart for the house of God. And to have a thankful heart for the house of God. 
Now, unlike our houses on earth, some people have larger ones, some people have smaller ones, and sometimes that can reflect income. And, and, and often, though, what we find, you know, we'll get jealous if we notice somebody has a bigger house. Oh, man, do you see their place? But bigger house doesn't equate that there's bigger love. <laughs> it means there's more space to be mad at each other and, and not, not see each other. And it's all relative, right, where someone might not even have one bedroom, and they see someone that has one bedroom, they go, oh, my goodness, this house is huge. And then someone who has one bedroom might see someone that has a mansion and say, oh, my goodness, this house is huge. So what is God's house like? The Greek word there, when Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a house, the Greek word is oikia. And it means that an abode, figuratively and literally, a family. That so when we think house, we got to think Family. And so Jesus is saying, hey, I'm trying to go somewhere because I want the family to all gather, not in the building, but in the people I'm building. And so how does this, I guess, engagement connect? It starts in the home. I want to play a clip from a friend of mine, one of the homies that sent me a clip from NPR. It's just a two-minute clip of some people debating using some really big words, and I think it's helpful to continue our journey today. This is one of those debates that has been going on for a long time. Does being part of an organized religion improve your mental health? The host of NPR's Hidden Brain, Shankar Vedantam, joins us to share some new research on this subject. Hey, Shankar. Hey, Noah. So I feel like I've read reports before that say if you're religious, it does benefit your mental health in some ways. That's right, Noah. There have been a number of studies suggesting that going to church on a regular basis or being part of a religious community, this is good for your mental health. But many critics have been skeptical. If religious people have better mental health, that doesn't tell you that religion is what's making you healthy. It could be, for example, caused by some third factor that's influencing both those things. Here's economist Jane Fruerth at the University of North Carolina. We see that people who are more religious tend to be less depressed on average. But one thing that we observe is that individuals with a more stable home environment are more likely to go to church more. This naturally raises the question of whether going to church more is leading to lower mental illness, or is it actually that the individual is coming from a more stable home environment? Okay, so there are some questions about causation and correlation here, definitely. How do you disentangle what's going on here? So what Fruwath and her colleagues Shriya Iyer and Anwen Jang did is they ran a study that took advantage of something called peer effects. All of us are influenced by the people around us, our peers. If you happen to have lots of religious classmates, you are more likely to become religious yourself. So in an analysis of 13 to 18-year-olds, the researchers examined not just whether kids who went to church had lower depression rates, but whether kids who had lots of classmates who were religious were also at lower risk for depression. So this technique removes some of the confounding issues, such as family background from the equation. Just by chance, some kids are going to have more classmates who are religious, and some are going to have fewer classmates who are religious. Using this more conservative measure, the researchers still find that religiosity seems to protect against depression, huh? and the effect seems especially strong for kids with severe depression. When we look at the most depressed individuals, what we find is that increasing religiosity by one standard deviation, which is going from not going to church at all to attending church once a week, decreases the probability of being at risk for moderate to severe depression by as much as 20%. It's really interesting. Although I imagine this will not be the last word on this subject, right? This is going to continue to be a debate. Absolutely, Noel. And in some ways, I think one of the most interesting questions is, if religiosity does help your mental health, 
Why is that? Is it being part of a religious community? Is it the rituals? Is it the belief? Can atheists get some of those things outside of religion? Hmm. And Pierre Schenker, thanks so much. Thank you, Noah. Schenker is the host of Hidden Brain, and he joins us regularly to talk about social science research. You can listen to more of his work on his podcast. So that was a lot of dialogue of, with bigger words than I understand. But the context of it is, is that it's all correlated in the house and the attendance, being part of a church, and the peer group. So as we think of the family of God, I pray that the connection today, we recognize that we didn't just come here and we're the church. It actually started in our church. It started at our house. And then it starts here, obviously, as the gathering of people, but it also is in our peer group. And as these things are fully engaged and connected with Jesus, then we're able to, to, to get a full picture of what he really wants to put on display for the world, that he doesn't want any of this separate. In fact, the reason there's two chairs here right now is because when God is thinking house, he's always thinking somebody else. When we're thinking a house, we're thinking comfort and separation and get away, place of safety, refuge, recharge. When God's thinking house, he's got all those things in it too, but he's the one who has space and capacity to say, I can pull up a table for someone else. I can pull up a chair for somebody else. I can bring food for somebody else. I can always invite somebody. So if someone was to sit in that chair right now, God could just bring another one back up because he's always trying to invite more people into the house. I want to read Ephesians 3. This is a core conviction of any follower of Jesus of what in the world are we doing when we're the church? And why is that word like a swear word? It's a swear word because I think we misunderstand it. So let's look at what God feels about the church and how the church is meant to be an on-ramp for all people. Verse 1, for this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ, Jesus on behalf of you, Gentiles, Gentiles being people that are outside the family tradition of the religious structure. That God wanted to redeem people and he was using the children of Israel through the family of Abraham and showing a very special team, a very special house of people. And then they didn't understand that one day God wanted to actually also include all people. He has this cool story that he's unfolding and he's going to invite more people in. What The outcast, the step, whatever. And he's going to invite more people into that scenario that they could be in the family as well. So when you see Gentile, think outsider. Think somebody you definitely don't want into your home. And that's exactly why Paul is preaching that God wanted to bring more people into the home. Verse 2. Assuming that you've heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. How the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by, his spirit, by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs. The outsiders are fellow heirs. They get fellow family rights. They get to come in the house. They get a bedroom too. They're not just sleeping on the floor. Members of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, the good news. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, the gift of grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though, I am the very least of all the saints. 
This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. You imagine, this is why the cause of Christ, the mission of Christ, the message of Christ is so rich. It's unsearchable beauty, depth of all of its finest display of the wealth of the greatest things this world has to offer is because that you were outside, but now you can be inside the house and with the family forever. That relationship can be restored with our maker, our creator. That is more than we'll ever buy. We can't scan that on the checkout. We can't. We can't buy that, but that Christ already bought that. And he includes us in. He brings us into that family. He brings us into the home. And to bring light for everyone, what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God? Pause. What is the plan that God's been hiding for centuries and thousands of years? It's this. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. I ask you to not lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. And to briefly summarize, Paul's willing to suffer so that other people can come home. Because all people can have boldness and access because that's what Jesus grants us, that we all get the key card. We can all come in and we just simply thank you, God, and we're in. And that through the church, the vehicle, that he wants to show to the world what this thing looks like. But too often, the reason church is a swear word is because we've been known as our hypocrisy. We've been known as our building only. We've been known as our, separ- known as our separation on a Sundays as opposed to our involvement in people's lives to get more people home. And the word church was never even used in the original biblical text. The original word is ecclesia. And ecclesia means a gathering of citizens called out from their houses into some public place an assembly. So what it means is we're willing to leave the comforts of our own home and our own space. And we want to get into the public space so that everyone can see the house that God's building is us. It's the family. And so church is not a building, it's the people he's building. This message is, if you're into titling and you want to revisit it, it's, 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 it's a thankful heart for the house, for the family. A thankful heart. To understand the house is the people. To understand the heart is God's heart. And to be thankful that we get to be included and want to be a part of what he's getting to do. As a kid... I would hang out with some of my cousins and uncles, and we would watch basketball highlight reels. If you've heard some of my story, you know like it was NBA or bust as a kid. Now, I know that sounds kind of comical if you think about it, because you see me, you're like, yo, he's 5'6". I don't even know if he could hoop that good. But as a kid, if you were king of the court on your block, you were king of the court, and you're going to make it to the league. Why? There's no internet. You can't Google and see if people are better yet. So if you're winning tournaments locally, you must be the best. And so we would watch the videos, and when we get them, I mean, they were like, I mean, we were hooked, hooked. And there was this Jordan Come Fly With Me videos. This, I don't know if anybody, anybody remember the Jordan Come Fly With Me? It's so iconic. It is, 
uh, people have described, I, I think LeBron said when he met Jordan, it was like meeting black Jesus, you know? I mean, Jordan was a god. So you, you got to understand as you think about that, watch this video, you'll understand why. People ask me, you really think you can fly? I say, yeah, for a little while. It may be a split second, but it's flying. And I think people are amazed by that because they wish they could do it. And it makes me continue to work hard to, to keep making these people dream and, and enjoy their dreams. ballet is very much about dreams. Dreams of unearthly grace, of unrestrained freedom, of majestic power. evokes images of the stratosphere, the visions which dreams are made of. So we would watch this thing on repeat, and if anybody talked, they'd get punched. Because we were in it. We were locked in. And you can imagine how that dream and you start to grow and you get so excited. And then when you're left with disappointment, okay, well, now what mission am I a part of? And today, I hope that we'll see that the mission we get to be a part of, the dream that we get to be a part of is, is far greater. And in fact, the same dream that we get to share and display is the same dream that if Michael Jordan walked in this place, he needs to. It's Jesus. There was a moment in my life, too, where I really struggled even wearing the Jordan logo, because Jordan was such an icon to us that once I started learning who Jordan was, I was like, man, I, Mike is, he's the man on the court, but Mike ain't really, he's not someone I really want to be like. I don't want to be like Mike. Because Mike, he's trying to grow as a dad. He's still trying to be a better friend too. He's trying to figure out how to be a businessman. He can't really lead me off the court, but Mike can lead us on the court, but he can't lead me off the court. So I need a, I need a better hero. I need a better role model. So for a long time, I was kind of, I felt like I was sold a lie, which in Mike's defense, he didn't create the videos. He, you know, like they sell this image, this dream. I feel like this fantasy, did you hear the language, the fantasy that we all get to be a part of? We dream through him and he's, because we get to escape for a minute, right? We get to just, when we're watching, we're being entertained, we get to escape. And God doesn't want us to escape. He wants us to enter in and invite and actually be a part of it. And so that MJ can be around, he can be around the campfire too. And we're all talking about what we need, which is ultimately we need freedom. 
And freedom is a person, Jesus. We need a house. We need a family. We need connection. And so the number one thing I would say with a thankful heart for the house is this, to impart today is everyone can come. You don't got to be able to dunk. Everybody can dunk in Jesus. Everyone can come. Who can come? The Gentiles can come. Everyone can come. Everyone can come. We are the home. We are the team that God is building. Number two, the house, family, church. I use those slashes as synonymous. So we can start to rethink through this. The people is the manifold wisdom of God. What does manifold mean? Manifold means a great variety of colors of cloth or a painting. That God is painting something through people, that there's a great variety involved. What kind of music does God play? Yes. What kind of food does God eat? Yes. What kind of people does God love? Yes. What kind of church service does he like? One that lifts up his son. Yes. The point is, is it America? Is it Asia? Is it Africa? Where, where, who does God love most? We are one. He cares about the variety. He loves the painting. He loves the home experience. He loves the manifold wisdom of his whole heavenly powers through the church, the ecclesia, the people. This is important because we bought a lie. We thought church was a building. We still take tours and look at the buildings of the churches. And look, there's some beautiful things humans have done in some sacred spaces that we can worship in. I do believe there is sacred spaces, in, but, but the most sacred space is in us. It's changed. We're the temple. There's still some sacred intent. You can walk into a place and be like, oh, this is holy ground. I need to take off my shoes. But guess what? All ground is holy now. We can take off our shoes because Jesus bought it all. All authority on earth and heaven is his that you and me can now go be agents to make disciples everywhere because behold I am with you always the boldness the access the confidence and I know sometimes we don't want to play ball together because we've been hurt or we've been burnt and there's rebuttals and we all got them but I hope today we can dream again that all of us are meant to dunk from the free throw line that we're sound and we're found in Jesus and we're meant to be connected Hebrews 10 out of the message I want to read it Verse 24 says, or 22, it picks up from the message. So let's do it. Full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Look at this next sentence. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Let's invent new ways to love each other, to be on the team, to be in the house, to love each other, to build this. Not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurning each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. What that means is I know, hey, we're here on a Sunday. Is that Jazzy J too we got in the building? We've got all kinds of amazing faces. This is like a reunion today. This is a family day. I see a bunch of family people, people from out of town, people in town. You know what God's doing? I had someone text me last night in the family. You know what they said? They said, God's bringing his family back together. Too long. He's bringing, and I'm praying that. That's a promise for our families. First, he's bringing our families back to him. 
That's the only way our families are going to work. That's it. That's it. And then he's bringing the church family because we can't get it right on a Sunday. We're supposed to have one God, and man, we're like, we got 17 trillion methods of how we do it, you know? If we could just all agree to play ball that we're on the same team, but we might do it differently, then our hearts would be connected. That's where we got to move towards, and that's challenging. Number three, the dream team here at City Life, and I want to describe what that is, is a team that is all created to love the family, ultimately to love the house. The dream team. Check this dream team clip out. Hi, everybody. I'm Matt Weiner. 20 years ago, everything changed in the basketball world when the Dream Team made its appearance on the Olympic stage in Barcelona. Fans across the globe saw the story unfold on the court as a Hall of Fame collection of talent dominated the competition. What took place behind the scenes has remained hidden until now. Up next, an NBA TV original documentary. It's NBA TV's The Dream Team, presented by RightGuard. And here's a picture of the Dream Team. Look at them. Look at them. You got Magic, Chris Mullins. You got Clyde Drexler, Jordan, Pippen, Ewing. Christian Leitner got that little ad from the college. You got Carl Malone. You got Chuck, Charles Barkley. You got all these different people. And they were, man, so this is the dream. They wiped team. They destroyed the best that anyone had to offer across the nations on the basketball court to win the gold medal and be kind of enamored for all of the history of sports as we would talk about it. And it's cool because when we say dream team here, here's what we mean. We mean that everyone gets a jersey and it's God's dream that we would be on his team of family, serving together, committed together, loving and in relationship together, ultimately not for just hooping for a moment, but that we can celebrate the risen victory that we will be with God forever. This is what it means to follow Jesus. I think we, we don't see ourselves as um, cool enough. We're awesome. And if you're here today and you're like, man, well, I don't know Jesus yet. It's so cool. You get to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Instantly, you're made brand new when you say, I take his life from mine, exchange it. Look, I'm going to follow him. And he is that awesome that we get the jersey. We're in the team. And so that's what tonight is all about. Maybe you heard, thank you, dream team. Why are we celebrating the dream team here tonight at 5 p.m.? Thank you. Why? 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 Because the dream team has said people are worth the good news, they're worth coming in the home. They're worth saying that no one is too far gone from God. No matter where they're at in the city, no matter where they're at in the world, they don't ever have to feel confused, afraid, or ashamed, or alone. They don't have to carry that depression anymore that we can do this thing together. Pull up a chair. Let's eat. Let's be on the dream team together. That's why the team says yes. I don't know if you've met some of the dream team here. Cooler than the faces on the screen. And we love those faces. Like, hey, shout out to them. We're not better than them, but they can be, they can be, they, they get the same invite we do. You want to be involved in the family? Let's do this. Let's do this. But let's not think that they got something to offer that Jesus don't. He's got something way better. Look, was Jesus cool before Kanye started rapping? Yep. But now we can actually show Kanye's video, so it's okay. <laughs> Our dream team here is Kid City. 
And when we say Kid City, it's a stat that rocks us. 80% of salvations, people that meet Jesus, takes place before the age of 18. Just let that soak in. But as, as people who are the givers, right, as the, you know, the adults, we write the checks. We put money in the plate. A lot of times we don't want 80% of the resources to go to the place where it can make 80% change. We want things that serve us. It's a, it's a natural it's a natural thought. I mean, we're influenced that way. What groups serve us? What facilities serve us? But if we're thinking long term, the greatest investment we can make is in kids. And so that's why the Kid City team's back there right now, not seeing the kids as babysitting, but they're seeing them as the future. The future. The connections team, you know, from the whole parking lot to setting up and all the things the connections does to keeping the hallways and or all of it. You know, the only knock that I've heard on the connections team, this is the only complaint I've heard on the connections team. That sometimes I don't believe that you guys are that nice until I come back week two and you're that nice again. <laughs> the connections team is overwhelming at times because they're so nice. I think what a compliment that they actually care and they want to get to know people. Will we be perfect? Absolutely not. We've got a bunch of turnovers, just like the dream team. You know, Isaiah isn't in that photo, I guess, because there was a little tension. He didn't get to be a part of the dream team. There's supposedly, the story goes, there's a little beef with maybe Jordan or Magic, but he, you know, there's a little church drama. He wasn't on the squad, but of course there's things that go on behind the scenes. But what you see with this team is what you get. This team is heroics, leaders. Um, you know, I got the worship team. They're, um, come on, the worship team ushering the presence of God. <laughs> they bring it. They bring the presence. God, you're so good, you're so to me. There's another in the fire. I just wept during the 10 a.m. service. I wept. I wept like a baby the whole service. The whole during worship, just wept. And I got to hang out with some people in between service on this one because all my tears were gone. And then we have our Love the City team. And you think of the truck, schools, the sports camp. Thursday night, open gym. Why? Because we want to provide more on-ramps for people to be connected to each other. That we're all made in the image of God. That's the dream team here at City Life. And you were to meet the team, I could say some names. You know, in Kid City, there's a lot of different names that I could honor. You know, I think, uh, first my wife, you know, she's in Kid City. I think of the coaches and the team leads. You got the Ashleys, the Stacys, the uh, Devons, the Ashtons, Modestos, and Connections. You got so many different coaches empowering all these different types of people. The Kendalls that are empowering Victoria, Willie's, and all the people they're married to, and you got group leaders and hospital visits and opening up their homes and in worship, Rob, Christina, and Carla, and Solo, and there's a couple of people on the worship today, some of the background singers that said, hey, how far until you start leading? When are you ready to lead? And they were like, uh, I said, come on, what would stop you? You feel a little bit of fear? And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, what, two months, two years, ten years? I said, they were like, yeah. I said, the reality is we all feel fear. But we got to get out of our comfort zone, and God put something in us. There's something great in us. So we got to encourage one another, invent new ways to encourage each other to push through. Someone says, well, hey, when you get on stage, do you ever get nervous? Yo, I'm in the zone. I'm back there like it's pregame jitters every time. Every time. Every time. I've just done it and, and trained that so much to realize that doesn't mean something's wrong. And if I don't feel it, something could be wrong. Because that means I need God. 
You know, so it's beautiful. So don't, don't lean into it, lean out of it, lean into it. The Love the City team, the Terrence and the tutoring at Eastern with Red and the interns going to school lunches and all the people that have been involved with the truck. And it, it's just created a great aroma throughout the city from the dream team's yes. That we needed a space yesterday to shoot a video that one of the school principals came in off the clock, their own dime on a Saturday for two and a half hours so we could shoot a video, no pay, because of the reputation that you and me carry. Thank you. That's why tonight exists. It's to say thank you. You might be like, okay, well, I'm not on the dream team. I don't know what happened. Well, cool thing is, I want to invite you to be on it today. And you can just be on, like, you can simply just, you can come and share in the same reward. Oh, I didn't do a thing this year. Doesn't matter. We want to pull more people and just come tonight. Like, today might be the day you say, I'm going to commit. And do you have to commit? No. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing Podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here. You've been loving and doing all this to make it possible. This would be the prayer in Galatians 6, verse 9. So let's...